Thank you, Jesus. Positive minds produce positive lives. Negative minds produce negative lives. Positive thoughts are always full of faith and hope. Negative thoughts are always full of fear and doubt. Each and every day you have a choice to make. All right? Choose to be positive. All right? Think about what you're thinking about. Whatever happens, trust in the Lord and be positive. This is important because you must realize that you are in a battle. You're in a battle. And the battle that you're in rages in your mind. It rages in your mind. Each day our minds are bombarded with a constant stream of nagging thoughts, doubts, and fears. While any one of these can cause defeat and misery, we're often plagued by more than one. Filling our daily lives with mental combat against an assortment of enemies, against an assortment of adversaries that come against us. Since we fail to identify the battlefield, we also fail to correctly identify the enemy. These thoughts that are just popping in. It isn't something that's just happening. And we're going to see where the word of God says this. We tend to believe people, money, religion, or the system are our problems in an attempt to defend ourselves. We build strongholds in our mind. Okay? We wind up building strongholds in our mind. Strongholds are areas of thinking not based on truth but lies. Alright, let me say that again. Strongholds that we wind up building in our minds are based on, uh, not always based on truth, but on lies. A stronghold usually is something, as noted in the Word of God, that gives us protection. But instead of protecting us, these kind of strongholds, they actually wind up imprisoning us. Unless we renew our mind, we risk continuing to believe those lies and making important decisions based on this deception. Okay, so the negative thoughts that you can be entertaining and allowing you to come in your mind, we wind up making excuses and we wind up building a stronghold. And that stronghold that we wind up building could indeed be based on deception, could be based on lies. It's the wrong kind of stronghold. Take the person, we'll call him John for this illustration, who distrusts those who are close to him and he can never find it in his heart to open up and be honest to those who are close to him. John swears that people are dishonest and lie because they don't want to see him happy, successful. Therefore, what John does is he stays miserable because he refuses to open up to seek help from others. He's got this stronghold here. I'm not going to let anyone in close to me because they lie. They lie all the time and they're just out to hurt me. However, in his mind, in his mind, this is a good thing. Because this way, he'll never be hurt. So he's building this stronghold. This way he'll never be hurt. He's developed a stronghold for his protection. But his stronghold is actually based on a deception simply because when he was a youngster in his early childhood, a friend betrayed his confidence. A friend betrayed his confidence and told someone else a very personal secret he had shared with his friend. So by vowing in his mind to never tell anyone else about his fears or disappointments, he felt he was protecting himself for more pain. However, this is deception. And he's in a battle, and that battle is in his mind. Okay? He's building his whole life moving forward based on something that happened a long time ago. And he's thinking, therefore, I'll never want to be hurt again, so I'll put up this stronghold, this fence between me and the outside world and those that are trying to help me to never ever reveal anything to them again. 
Before John can ever have victory and peace in his life, he will have to tear down that stronghold that is ruling his thinking. Alright? And we're going to talk about these strongholds today and how these strongholds can be ruling our thinking. And how we need to change our minds so that we can be successful and renew our minds. Do you see yourself in John's life? Many of us have given in to deception at one time or another. We all have. You're a human being. So you're given into deception. You're, you've given in, you know, you're taken over by a lie that someone tells, you know. And, and, and the, the, the pitiful, the pitiful thing is, is that those that are oftentimes close to us, you know, can tell you a lie or place some deception there that can ruin your life. That can ruin your life because that person, sometimes they're not being intentional, but sometimes things happen and it winds up being a deception against you. Can these strongholds be torn down? We must be willing to receive the light of truth in our minds. Our search for truth begins in God's word, as always. Our search for truth begins in God's word. Last week we talked about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It's not enough to worship God just in spirit as we discussed, but you have to worship him in truth. Which says that, which says that the truth will set us free. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John 8, and we'll go to 24. I said before, John 8, verse 34, I said, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Wait for him to get there. John 8. Okay. I'll start at 24 again. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. They said unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. But he that sent me is true. Speaking of the Father. 27. They understood not what he, that he spoke to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do, I do always those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to, to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Please underline or highlight all of verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So again, it goes back to a little bit touching on last week's sermon, even about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. How can you be free if you're not, if you're not understanding and following God's word? Because that truth will indeed make you free. Okay? And I love the word that says make. And it's some, some, uh, we've this in saying set you free. But I love the word make because, you know, setting a bird free, that bird can be recaptured again. 
Okay? If you're made free, then you are free. You are free. You know, it's almost like, like, like state slavery or something, being set free and then being recaptured. But once you're made a free man, that cannot be undone. So knowing the truth shall set you free. This means that we can be free from the bondage of sin and strongholds in our minds. But just searching for truth won't set us free. We must be courageous enough, courageous enough to also believe the truth. Let me say that again. Just searching for truth is not enough. You have to believe the truth. Alright? So you can sit down and you can read the Bible 24-7. Read it, be able to quote it back, be able to quote some verses and scriptures, be able to quote-unquote counsel someone else, or giving quote-unquote advice to someone else. But if you don't believe it, if you don't believe that truth, then no way are you going to be set free. And if you're not made free by the truth, I should say, if you're not made free by the truth, then how are you going to get out of the bondages? How are you going to break that stronghold that would be urging you, would be driving you to, to, uh, to not believe what God is telling you and how free you are? Okay? And, and also not being able to control your thinking and to renew your mind. Alright? Even when the truth illuminates or shows what's inside us, it's sometimes hard to accept. Sometimes when you're praying to God, Holy Spirit may reveal some things to you about yourself, you know. But many times, human nature, and this is where you're guided by your mind instead of your spirit, instead of God's spirit, you know. You, you, won't, you won't want to accept what God is telling you about yourself. Even what God is telling you about yourself, you know. Why is it that you choke up every time you get around Aunt Tilly? And the Lord tells you it's because you have this unnatural fear of Aunt Tilly. You know, and you say to yourself, well, that's preposterous. I don't have any fear of Aunt Tilly. Of course not. Of course not. All right? So it's accepting the truth. All right? Sometimes Holy Spirit may reveal things to you about yourself, but do you accept it? Do you really accept that I need to make this change in my life? I need to stop doing this. I need to stop doing that. I need to start doing this. I need to start doing that. Amen? Knowing the truth shall make you free. So even when the truth illuminates or shows us what's inside us, it's sometimes hard to accept. It's a painful process to face our deceptions and deal with them. It's so easy to allow our past and how we were raised to negatively affect us for the rest of our lives. Right? You know, you've heard, you've heard the expression of saying that we are all the sum total of our past experiences. Well, when you're a child of God, when you're a Christian, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. So that means then do you still hang on to your past experiences? Do you still hold on to what you believed before? Or the life that you lived before? Our past may explain why we're suffering, but we must not use it as an excuse to stay in deception or bondage. All right? Just because your past was your past, that's not a reason that you should continue doing what you're doing. You know, what is it, that old expression, if you keep on doing what you do, you'll always get what you've been getting or something like that? Alright, so, right, so, so your past may explain why we're suffering, but we must not use it as an excuse to stay in deception or bondage. You may have some major strongholds in your life that need to be torn down. That's something that all of us need to stop and ask ourselves. Are there some, some, some strongholds there? And those strongholds could be resurrecting themselves in terms of something that's preventing you from believing, preventing you from accomplishing something, preventing you from getting to the place where God wants you to be. You know? So let me encourage you by saying, God is on your side. You've got to believe that God is on your side. 
You know, and when things are going terribly wrong in your house or when things are going wrong in your life or there's something that you're waiting for and praying for and things just don't seem to be working out. It's hard to believe and imagine that God is on your side. There's a war going on and your mind is the battlefield. But the good news is that God is fighting on your side. And we don't stop to think many times that that the reason that we're feeling, you know, ambivalent about something or we're not sure whether to go left or to go right is because there's there's that battle that's going on in your mind telling you which direction that you should take. Okay, all right. The the word of God is is, is at war with the enemy or the enemy is at, at war with the word of God. Amen. But you can win the battle in your mind. It can be won. Thoughts are powerful, and according to Proverbs, they have creative ability. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Let's go to Proverbs 23. Because when you really stop and think about what this is saying... Proverbs 23... Verse number 6. Eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Okay? All right? Eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye or an evil person. Neither desire his dainty meats. Don't want to do what he wants to do. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Eat and drink, saith thee, but his heart is not with thee. So, as he's thinking, as this person is thinking and whatnot, so he is. Okay, if he's an evil person and whatnot, then that is exactly how he is, or what he is, because it will ma- it manifest in his life. So the same thing with us, as we think in our hearts, that's how we wind up becoming. All right, and you've heard me talk before about the person. That's what's so dangerous um, uh, about drink, about drink and whatnot. And I know all of the arguments that some Christians give about drinking and whatnot. And all I can say to you: do as you feel led by the Holy Spirit, or, or, or whatever. Do as you want to do. But but uh, um, uh, the whole thing with, with the drinking, we've talked about that before. It, it lowers that person's uh, uh, immunity, so you speak. It, it lowers that check valve in a person, so that when they start getting inebriated and getting highly intoxicated. As that person is really thinking, that's what comes out at some point. At some point, you see? So as you, as you think, so you are. All right? So you can stand up there and tell me all the great things in the world. You can say all the wonderful things as a child of God. But deep down inside, deep down inside, between you and you, okay, what you're thinking is who you are. All right? What you're thinking is who you are. Because what you are thinking, that is what winds up manifesting into your physical life. As you're thinking, as you're thinking, that's what, what comes forth and, and, and becomes you, and that's what carries out the actions. Okay? All right, all right. If you start thinking in your heart of hearts that it's okay to go in and rob Macy's, <laughs> you know, you start really, really thinking that that's okay, then at some point in time, it's very, very possible that you may break down and actually try to do that. Because you will rationalize in your mind everything that's right about that. 
Okay? You look over at every single excuse, and we human beings are so good at rationalizing and making things okay because it fits our agenda. Okay? So as you think, that's how you are. And you can stand up here or sit up here all day long and listen to the word of God and hear me preaching and, and hear the praise and worship music and so on, alright? Alright? And you're all happy and feeling good. But deep down inside, as you think, so you are. Okay? In fact, you cannot have a positive, exciting life and a negative mind. Alright? Think about that. You cannot have a positive, exciting life and a negative mind. And why is that? Because as long as your mind is negative, it's going to be manifesting itself in negative ways in your life. So how can you have a positive life? Okay? So conversely, if things are consistently going wrong in your life, and I don't mean just an occasional hiccup every now and then where you've got a trial or tribulation that comes in, but if things are consistently going wrong in your life, you need to ask yourself, how is my thinking? How is my thinking? Alright? Because if I'm thinking in line with the Word of God, if I'm thinking and believing what the Word of God is telling me, then all of these negative things should not be consistently manifesting in my life. Now that doesn't mean that nothing will ever bad happen. I'm not saying that. But if there's a pattern in your life, and that's what we need to look at, we need to look at are there patterns in our lives? Are we constantly doing the same thing? Are we constantly experiencing the same hardships? Are we constantly, um, are the same fears constantly arising in my life? In my heart, okay? Then if that's the cat, if that's the case, then you need to stop and ask yourself, and you need to think about what you're thinking. Alright? Alright? It's impossible for, 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 for an exciting life to exist with a negative mind. Many people spend years unhappy because the minute they wake up in the morning, they start thinking negative, sad, depressing thoughts. Alright? People, people wind up being so unhappy. And you may talk to them during the day, and it may seem like they're okay and whatnot, but you really get down deep inside and start talking with them, you see that they're an extremely happy person, an unhappy person. And then, then if you could get in their heads and be there when they awaken in the morning, you would see what they go through mentally. Okay? They wake up, their eyes open and whatnot, and they're laying there on the pillow, and instead of praying to God and thanking God for another day of life and for Him watching over you while you were sleeping, amen, because we know there's a battle going on even while you sleep, amen, for protecting you and keeping you safe, they wake up in the morning, oh gosh, I'm sure that guy left his garbage can in my driveway again. I'm going to have to get out there, I'm going to have to punch him. Then he's going to come over, he's going to start getting nasty with me. Oh gosh, when I get to work, my boss is going to call me upstairs. And gee whiz, he's going to tell me this and he's going to tell me that. I'm probably going to get laid off like the rest of them. Oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. Laying there in bed, first thing in the morning, they wake up thinking nothing about sad, negative, depressing things. Once the Holy Spirit is allowed to help them to operate out of the mind of Christ, which is the mind of the Spirit that is within them, they can see miraculous changes. So we've got to change our thinking. We've got to change our minds. We've got to renew our minds, as the Word of God talks about. Maybe you spend years thinking wrong thoughts based on a warped, dysfunctional past, but that can change today. Maybe you've gotten into a habit of, of having all sorts of disappointments and worries, heartaches and stomach cramps and whatnot because of your past, because of the way it was lived before or something that happened before. Okay? But that can change. That can change today. 
If you struggle with negative thinking, it's important for you to come to grips with the fact that your life won't change until your thinking does. I say to you today that if you're struggling with negative thinking, with negative thoughts, it's not going to change until your thinking does. As a man thinks, so he is. The two are, are, are related. You cannot separate them. You cannot separate them. I know that, I know that boy, I'm just like anyone else. I'm human and so forth like that. Obviously, no kidding, right? You, you know, but, but, but um, the, 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 there are times that a fleeting thought will come into my mind. This could be something from years past or days past or whatever, something depressing, you know. And so if I was to let that persist and stay there, next thing you know, I'm feeling tired. My, my, my shoulders get tight around here, you know. Your back even can start aching, you know. Until you realize what's going on and you run into your prayer closet and you give that thought to God and you rebuke it in the name of Jesus and then you can feel the weight lifted. You know, you, you know, I feel that I, I really feel very strongly about, you know, massage parlors and acupuncture and all of that sort of thing like that. So much of that is tied to your thinking. You know, if muscle relaxation can be can, can be brought about by you thinking right and trusting in God, then you don't need all of that stuff. You don't need it. Amen. And, and you know, it's a known fact. And you know, I won't say fact or not. I don't know that it is or not. But you know, m- m- people that do massages and acupuncture, and the first thing they do that when they put their hands on your shoulders, oh, you're so tight. Do you feel stressed out? You're so tight and you're so taut. Do you feel stressed out? You need to relax. But what is what is stress? What is relaxation? It's a matter of your thinking. It's a matter of your thinking. Okay, And I guarantee you, when you have those moments in your life and you're feeling taut and tight like that, you go and you seek God and you start praying. And you give that thought or whatever that issue is that you're struggling with, you give it to God and you watch, you feel your shoulders drop. You feel the relaxation. Amen? If you struggle with negative thinking, it's important for you to come to grips with the fact that your life won't change until your thinking does. Renewed, God-like thinking is vital for change. Okay, get this down today. Renewed, renewed, God-like thinking is vital for your change. You got to think like God. Okay? The Bible says that God loves us. But have you ever struggled to believe this? Do you believe, do you really, really, really believe that God loves you personally? Alright? And if God loves you, then how is God going to treat you? How is He going to watch out for you? You think about someone that you love. Be it your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your, 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 your children. If you love them, how are you going to watch over them? How are you going to be treating them? Amen? But do you really believe that God loves you? I know I've learned that if we never meditate on God's word, we'll never experience the depth of his love for us. You know? When you meditate and you think about God's word and all of a sudden, you know, the depth of his love will start becoming apparent to you. You know, the mere fact knowing that God loves you and believing that is enough right alone, that that alone to to change your thinking. It's definitely a means and a way for you to know that God is there with you, so therefore you're not going to let these negative thoughts stay there that are making you feel so pent up and tight. The love of God is meant to be a powerful force in our lives, one that will take us through even the most difficult trials and bring you into victory, knowing the love of God. Think about what you're thinking about. The Bible presents a lot of detailed instruction on what kinds of things to think about. Let's go to Philippians 4. 
Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, and we're going to start with verse number 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, to stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Please underline, stand fast in the Lord. Okay? Now, Standing fast in the, more, in the Lord means exactly what that says, to stand fast in Him. That means do not let yourself be shaken, okay? Standing fast in God means that even though there's a trouble going on in your life, even though there's a challenge that's in your life, that you, you're not going to be moved from it, you know? Standing fast is like you planting your feet, just like that, and you're saying that I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be moved. You're in a wrestling match and someone comes against you, you're determined, I'm going to stand my ground. That means that I'm not going to be shifted out of my position. I'm not going to be moved from my position. But how many of us as Christians wind up being moved from our positions? Depending on who's talking to us, depending on circumstances, depending on the argument, quote-unquote, that someone may give to you as to why your position is wrong. All right? This is why you've got to be strong enough and know the word of God so that you can stand fast. And the word of God here wouldn't have that in you. We see this repeated many places, by the way, to stand fast, the hold fast, hold fast and stand fast, all the words we see repeatedly in here. God wouldn't be telling us this, this if there was not a possibility of what? That you could lose your footing. That you could lose your grip on what you should be holding on to. All right? If the possibility wasn't there, God wouldn't be repeating in his word so much about hold fast, stand fast to the things of God. Stand fast, hold fast to what thou hast. Meaning that there is a possibility, you see. So if there's a possibility, then we have to make sure that our thinking is right. So that when that, when that um, I almost said opportunity, but opportunity is not the word. When that, 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 that instance comes where someone will try to shift your position, and it will happen. It'll happen because the devil doesn't want you to stand fast in the Lord. He doesn't want you to hold fast. That's why he throws things at you the way he does. That's why he brings challenges in your life. That's why he brings trials into your life. Because he wants you to see that where you're standing, this place that you're standing, is not the place that you should be. He wants to knock you off of that position. Okay? So as a man thinks, so he is. Alright? So if he all of a sudden, you're all of a sudden standing in this place here, you know, and, and, and you're waiting online for something and someone says, oh boy, if you stay right here, you know, they're gonna come along and you're gonna be, you're gonna be blessed, you know, with a, with a piece of money or something great is gonna happen if you stand right here online, okay? And then somebody else comes over there and says, yeah, you don't need to stand there. Why don't you go and stand over there? That's where it's gonna come. You see the guy giving out the stuff, the free stuff? He's going to wind up going there. Holy the Spirit told you to stand right here. So you wind up listening to that other voice, and you wind up moving over there, and surely enough you miss out. Because that's where the person with the goodies winds up coming. You see? 
So the goodies that you have coming is what God is telling you about your life. The goodies that you have coming are the promises that God has made to you. The goodies that you have coming are, 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 are the answers to all of your prayers, to the many things that you're praying for. And God is saying to stand fast. Stand fast. Right? But if in your thinking, in your thinking, you can be convinced to move or to change your position, then you're going to wind up losing out. So think about what you're thinking about. Alright? Right? He says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy is crowned to stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Eodias and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, the yoke fellow, help those women which, uh, which uh, labored uh, with me in the gospel. With Clement also and with other, my, my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Underline that please. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say rejoice. They're talking here about things, things in, in according to the word of God that we should be thinking about. In order to change your thinking. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say rejoice. You know, and, and that person that just lays there in bed thinking about all the miserable things that's going to happen this day. What about keeping their minds thinking about rejoicing in the Lord? Oh, what do I have to rejoice in, Pastor? Rejoice in the fact that you woke up. You know, rejoice in the Lord in the, in the Lord and the fact that when you woke up, you saw a ceiling in your in your uh, room. Amen. You got a roof over your head. Rejoice in the Lord always that you're going to go downstairs and, and find some food in your cupboard to to cook and eat. Rejoice in the Lord that you can get out of bed without assistance from someone or some mechanical device. What's the old saying about I complained because I had no shoes until I saw a man that had no feet? Rejoice in the Lord of all of the things that God has given you. That you have another day of life that your heart is beating. That you can do all of the things that, 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 many, people, that many people can't do. You know? You know, a good example of that, boy, I remember when I, when I broke my wrist in those recovering days after that. One year, one year it took to be fully healed. Fully healed. But during those initial stages, you put your socks on every single day. You don't think about it. My wife had to help me. Right? Putting the belt through the loops in my pants. You think about it every day. You don't do it. I mean, you don't think about it, I should say. I needed help doing that. Little basic things. And that fact, as a matter of fact, even, you know, reflected, was a point of reflection for me, you know, as a child of God and as a minister of the gospel, because there was a, there was a sermon right in there. And I thought about it and prayed about it many nights. And the Lord had, Lord had me to thank God to heal without any side effects, without having to need surgery. Everyone that I spoke to when I told them that I broke my wrist, they oh, did you have the so-and-so surgery and so on like that? I said, no. They just put a cast on it. Amen? But during that time, in everything in life, there's a ministry. In everything in life, there's a word of God there. Everything in life that happens to you, there's a word, there's a lesson, there's a message there. Amen? Amen? So my thinking was that, gee whiz, I will really appreciate this wrist when it's healed. Amen? And how easy it is to put my shoes on, to put my socks on, to put the belt through my pants loops. Amen? Amen? So we need to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. When something else happens to a loved one that's in your life. 
Don't lose your rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord. These are things that we can think on to keep ourselves from thinking negatively. Verse number 5 says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Moderation or conversation or ways be made, um, be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. 6. Be careful for nothing, underline. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We've got to change our thinking. Be careful for nothing. You know? One of the best things, easiest things to do, and I know I was doing it during the, during the time, uh, you know, when my wrist was broken and so forth, had been broken. The, 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 the thing that things w- w- would pop in, and as I'm praying or whatnot, a thought would pop in, I would say, I don't care. I don't care. Okay? And it doesn't mean like, I don't care. It doesn't mean like in a heart, I don't care. It means that I'm not going to carry that care. Okay? Okay? And you're saying to the devil out loud, guess what, dude? I don't care. I don't have time for caring about things. I cast all my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. What are you thinking about? Think about what you're thinking about. When that thought comes into your mind that you're going to fail, it's going to, what you're trying to do is not going to happen. You know, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do that. You're looking for a house, you're looking for a job. I've got challenges before me. I don't care. Okay? Alright? I eat. I watch some TV. I like to do Amazon shopping. Okay? Okay? Alright? 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 I like, I like to go to an occasional movie. Okay? Okay? But this negative thing, devil, you're trying to throw at me, I don't care. Okay? And when you say that, I don't, and I'm serious, try it. Devil, I don't care. And then after you say that, you cast your eyes heaven and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I cast this care onto you because I know that you care for me. You know what this thing is, Lord. And I give this care of ba-da-da, I give this issue of ba-ba-ba, I give it to you, Lord. And you cast it. Okay? But the trick is you got to believe it. you got to believe it. Because as you think, so are you. Alright? So if you go around thinking still that I've got this care and this thing is bugging me and it's not going to work out, then you haven't released it to God. Alright? So therefore, the tightness in the chest, the, the, the bellyache, the not wanting to get out of bed. Just stay there and just wallow in my sorrows instead of changing your thinking. Amen? He goes on to say there, uh, verse 6 again, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, in prayer and asking God, with thanksgiving. Don't forget to give God thanksgiving. So many times, you know, we pray for things and God gives us things and we don't thank Him. You know? How many of us Christians realize that Thanksgiving is 365 days a year and, and uh, one day every fourth? 366 days. <laughs> Amen. Leap year. Amen. 24-7 we're thankful. We're not just thankful on Thanksgiving Day. Amen. With Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, and if you do that, verse number 7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding, underline the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Underline the whole scripture. So keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
Okay. So care for nothing. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. So again, you got this thing the devil's throwing at you. You say, devil, I don't care. You turn to the Lord. Lord, I cast this care with you. I give it to you. And if you can really do that and believe that God has it, you will get this peace. You have this peace that passes all understanding. You know, you've heard me tell, you know, the events of when I worked for an engineering firm and everybody was getting laid off and so on. They got pink slips on their desks and came back from lunch on their desks and I didn't have one and, and so on like that. And they were like, aren't you worried about it? I said, no, I don't care. I'm not going to worry about that. I've got a peace. And they, couldn't, they could not understand why I was not worried about that. Amen? Because I cast that care upon God. And I knew that if I was to get that pink slip, I knew that boy, that whatever door was being closed... Because God was about to open a bigger one. God was about to open a bigger one. Okay? You got to change your thinking. Alright? So when things go, quote unquote, wrong in your life, remember first of all that God is in charge. And that God loves you. And the thing that he permitted to happen, nothing happens in your life that the devil just makes happen that God can't stop. Okay? Okay? God, if God permits something in your life, it's for a reason, and it's because he's got a better thing for you. So even when something negative happens, you don't care about it, but you you, you got to regroup and say, okay, i got to shift gears, Lord, I give this back to you now. I don't know what's coming next, Lord, but I trust you. And the minute if you can really, really, really do that, and I don't mean just do it philosophically or sing it with your mouth, but if you really, 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 really can do that and believe it, You'll have a peace. And I can't even describe it because it passes all understanding. I can't even convey to you what it feels like because I've been there many, many times when the things standing before me just seemed to be impossible and others just couldn't understand why this wasn't happening to me also or why I wasn't upset about it. Because there is a peace where you're not Upset about you're not uptight, amen. Question: Do you get uptight on your way home, just before you put the key in your door? All right, All right, amen. Do you get uptight? Do you worry and get the shakes and get nauseous to the point of throwing up just before you put your key in the door? Is this key going to let me in my house? No, you don't. So therefore, you've got a, a peace. Now, the peace that may seem like it passes all understanding to someone else may not understand why you don't get upset before you put the key in the door. But the, way, the reason you don't get upset is why? Because you know that the key is going to open the door. Well, the same way with us in the things of God and the things that's happening in our lives. If you can really get to the point of casting that care upon the Lord because He cares for you and knowing that He loves you and that He's there with you and you've cast it onto Him, then you've got to know that He's going to deal with it. So therefore, just like putting that key in that door, you know, you know, people with direct deposit, how many really worry that their bosses are going to put their checks in the bank? <laughs> Alright? We just go on and get, look forward to spending it on that day when the, the money's supposed to appear there. We wind up writing checks before the money gets there because you time it, because you know that it's going to be there to cover the check. Let's be real, folks. Alright? You know that check's going to be there on the first of the month, you start writing checks on the 30th. Because you know it's going to be there. 
the peace that passes all understanding. If you can trust your boss and the state or whoever you work for to do that, or the government to do that, that pension check that you're waiting on, you know it's going to be there. If you can trust the government to do that, then why can't you trust God? Okay? As you think, so you are. You see? You've got to change your thinking. So know that those challenges that would be, to be before you, these are the things to replace the negative thoughts. The negative thoughts, they would try to take you off into a tangent someplace. All right? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your what? And your minds through Christ Jesus. And your mind. Underline that word mind. Okay? Okay? Verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true... Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Underline that. Think on these things. Okay? Highlight the whole verse, but somehow underline that last part. Think on these things. All right? So God is telling us these are the things that we should be thinking on, okay? Especially think on these things when you've got this thing rising up before you that's looming over you as such a big threat. You've got to think about what you're thinking about, and you need to change your thinking. This scripture tells us alone to think about or to fix your mind on things that build up, not tear us down. Okay? All right? One of the things that I usually do to get my mind off of negative thoughts, I start, you know, I start thinking about the universe. I think about how beautifully structured it is. I start thinking about can't, trying to imagine what heaven is like. Try to imagine, ma- imagine and think about, you know, eternity and praising God and being surrounded by, by all that God has to offer, being in His presence and so forth. Think on these things. Don't spend your time thinking on negative things. If you are a believer you probably think some scripture-based thoughts throughout each day. Okay? If you're a believer, you probably think about some scripture-based thoughts. You have some scripture-based thoughts throughout the day. But think about this. Are you mixing those thoughts with negative thoughts? Or does any other random thoughts that come into your mind? All right? So in other words, if during the day you're thinking about a scripture pops up and so on, are you then mixing that thought with some other negative thought that comes into mind? Or are you able to stay focused on that, on that scripture or on that Christian thought, the, that God-related thought? Or do you allow that thought to get tainted? Okay? How many times do you think about God and all of a sudden a distraction comes in? Seems to happen especially like, you know, one thing about back, back east, back in New York, you've, you have so much time on public transportation, trains, buses, and so forth. And usually those trips, at least for many people, are, could be an hour or better. So you have a lot of time on your hands, so to speak. And you're sitting there looking out the window and looking at the scenery going by the train, just kind of shake the... All of a sudden, boom, out of the blue! Remember 1964? Remember where you were? Remember the so-and-so and so-and-so? You remember, had on a plaid shirt, had on, you know, beige pants. Had on the, you start remembering exactly what you were doing that was so wrong and so troubling. All right? Wait, where'd that come from? I was sitting up here praying. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about that. Okay? 
So what I'm saying to you is that you can be thinking about things of God, you can be thinking about Scripture, then all of a sudden this other thought will come out of nowhere. It'll come out of nowhere. Now, I believe this probably happened to everyone sitting in this sanctuary at some point in time. You've been thinking about things of God, and all of a sudden this negative thought will, will come out of nowhere. So you've got to know how to push that thought off again and think about what you're thinking about and bring that thought under control. Bring it back under the umbrella of the things of God. Bring it back under, back under the, the things that God was, was, was telling us to speak about. And he gives us such, a, such a, a great list there. I mean, he tells us about so many things, a whole list of things to choose for. Whatever things are true, think about the truth. Whatever things are, are, uh, are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely... Think about Hawaii. Think about some other place that you've been that's really beautiful, lovely. Um, whoever, um, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. For most of our lives, we simply think about whatever falls into our head. We stop and think about that for a minute. For most of our lives, we think about whatever thoughts fall into our head. We need to be more um, uh, uh, discriminatory about what we think about. All sorts of weird thoughts will pop in your mind. All sorts. The more of imagination you have, the more wild those thoughts can be. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Most of our lives, we think about whatever falls into our heads. Much of what was in our heads can be either lies Satan was telling us, or just plain nonsense. The devil can control your life because if you allow him, he can control your thoughts. Make no mistake about it, saints of God. There's a battle going on, and that battlefield is indeed your mind. And if he can control your thoughts, he can control your life. Go to Mark 4. Praise the living God. Mark 4. Okay, starting with verse number 21. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a basket, under a bushel, or under a bed, or not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, and unto you that hear, shall more be given. For he that has, to him shall be given. And he that has not, from him shall be taken, even that which he has. He said unto them, A lamp is not brought in to be put under a bushel or a basket or under a bed, is it? Is it not brought in to be put on a lampstand? And I'm reading here from the, from the Amplified Version. Okay, a lamp, is, uh, a lamp is not brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed. Is it? Is it not brought in to be put on the lampstand? For nothing is hidden except to be revealed. Nor has anything been kept secret, but that it would come out, come to light. That is, things are hidden only temporarily until the appropriate time for them to be known. 
If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, that is to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be measured to you. And you will be given even greater ability to respond. And more will be given to you besides. For whosoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. That's the amplified version um, uh, uh, of that. This scripture tells us the more time we spend thinking about the word, the more power and ability we will have to walk in it. It also says the more we read and listen to the word, the more revelation we will receive to understand it. Alright? So you get from the word of God what you put into, the effort you put into it. The more time that you spend reading the word of God and meditating upon it, the more you will benefit by it. The more you will learn from it. Alright? God said there that things are, 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 are nothing, there's nothing hidden. But the only thing gets revealed at the appointed time, at the appropriate time. Amen? Amen. So while there may be secrets of God that are hidden from you right now, so many of us desire to know the deeper things of God, to walk more powerfully in His Spirit. It's not going to be revealed to you unless you put some effort into it. And that effort is you reading the Word of God and meditating on the Word of God. Okay? Just don't say that I'm going to get into a reading plan. There are plenty of good things on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the net. Plenty of good Bible reading plans that you can get. I'm not knocking those. But if you do get one of those and you're reading the Word of God, and this is the scripture of the day, and you get into the habit of reading it first thing in the morning, spend some time to meditate on what that Word is saying. Understand it. The Word of God is alive. It's alive. You can't just understand and grasp it just by simply and quickly reading it. You've got to meditate on it and get it deep down in your spirit, you know. Many of us wrestle and struggle with things that come into our lives because of the fact we haven't gotten to the point that we really, really, really believe it. The Word of God is a written word that I'm reading from time to time. But what does that scripture really, really mean to me? Spending time with the kids and and we're doing our reading time together at night and so forth. Are you really, really finding the time to to, to take to, to get them to really understand what it means? And to get them in the habit of breaking down what that means? Just don't say it's bedtime now. Let's go, let's, let's go kids. Let's read a couple of scriptures. But try to do it in enough time that you can actually take the child and say, even at a young age, what do you think that means to you? What does that mean? I know we do that with our kids in the, in the uh, children's church while we're sitting here. The children that are back there, the teachers that we have teaching back there, they just don't read little verses to the children, but they actually discuss it. What does this mean to you? And you'd be surprised in their little childish ways, the things that they will say about what it means to them. And how you can then interpret to them and help them to understand and to grasp it. But guess what? We need to do the same thing with ourselves. You know? That's the only way you can really believe it. We've got to put... got to push science out of it. And that was quickened to me just now because I remember where, where I was at one point. You know? I, I still do. I love science. 
But there was one point in my life when I was out there on my quest and searching and wandering that, that, that I searched and I challenged everything. Brought the scientific perspective into it. How can this be so? Two and two equals four. How can this be so? Until you come to the fact and realize that the things of God operate outside those boundaries. So if you are of a scientific inclination or ones that is so, one that is so rational, sometimes we people have a harder time coming to understand truth and know what truth is. Because God operates outside of the boundaries of physics and every known science to man. So therefore, when God says, do you believe this? The question is to yourself, not can I rationalize it, not can I make the periodic table of elements line up with this, or how does this make, make scientific factual sense? You've got to believe and really believe in your spirit that what God is saying is true. And then I realized that when I was able to believe that what God was saying was true, and that when I cast my cares upon him and didn't carry those, those cares with me, those burdens with me, God had things happening in my life that were so far beyond explaining away that it makes you clearly see that God is operating in your life. In the flesh we are lazy and want to receive from God without any effort on our own part. But that's not the way it works. You will only get out of the word what you're willing to put into it. I encourage you to make a decision to meditate on God's word every day because every moment you spend absorbing it, the more virtue and knowledge you will receive from God. You can enjoy your life every single day. Are you enjoying the journey of your life, I ask you? The truth is God wants you to enjoy your life every day. Did you know that? you realize that God wants you to enjoy your life? Go to John 10 real quickly here. John 10. A few more scriptures here. John 10. We're going to start at verse number 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up another, uh, some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. He that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the, the him, the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his sheep, his own sheep, by name, and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Underline, for they know his voice. Do you know the Lord's voice? And a stranger will they not follow, but they will flee from him, for they knew not the voice of the strangers. Just to pause there for a moment in thinking about what you're thinking about. Do you know the voice of God? Do you know Jesus' voice when he's calling you and giving you some direction? You're not so quick to follow some other voice. Verse number 6, this parable spoke Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they, they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you. Remember I said when you see verily, verily, it means there's a dynamite truth coming. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Please put a bracket or highlight all of number 10 there. Okay? The thief comes only to, to, uh, in order to steal, and to kill, and destroy. 
This is an absolutely amazing scripture because it clearly tells us that God does not want us, does not want us to be alive, but he wants us to enjoy being alive. God does not merely want you to be alive, he wants you to enjoy being alive. He wants us to live with joy abundantly and overflowing. So if that's God's desire, then why are you living anything less than that? Why are you worrying? Okay, it's got to be an attitude of your mind. It must be the way that you're thinking. The way to live with the mind of Christ is now, now God is concerned about the hidden man of the heart, which is our inner life. Our inner life is what we think about. And like the scripture, Proverbs 23, verse 7 said, we, we, um, the way we think determines on how we live and who we are. That's why we need to think about what we're thinking about. Corinthians 10, 4-5, just real quickly here. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians 10. Verse number 4. Starting start in verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, or not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Please highlight or underline all of that. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God the pulling down the strongholds. The strongholds in your life that you set up in your life can have you thinking so much the wrong way. Because that wrong way, that wrong thought pattern was established possibly years ago. That it has you believing these certain things that, have, that you put up as a stronghold to protect yourself. But actually it's a stronghold that is, is making you continue to believe a lie. Or to believe deception. He says there though, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of those strongholds. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is that that's in your mind? So those thoughts, those imaginations, those things that are in your mind that would be coming against the word of God, you've got to cast them down. The things that would cast that would be against God is that are those things that would be telling you you're going to fail. Telling you you're not going to be able to succeed. Making you feel miserable about your life. That's an imagination, that's a thought pattern that is against God. You've got to cast it down. Alright? <clears throat> it's so important for us to understand this because if we don't learn how to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, we won't live the life Jesus died to give us. A life of peace with God, peace with ourselves, great relationships, real joy in the ability to become all God has created us to be. It comes down to choosing to believe what God says, which is the truth, more than we believe our feelings, what other people may say, or about our circumstances. The Bible specifically talks about three things we must do to develop a mind that agrees with God. And I'm just going to touch on these right now. To set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things. That is the, this is the key to resisting temptation. 
For example, one temptation may require you to decide like things like, I'm not going to eat four candy bars today. Amen. Or I'm not going to hang out with people who are bad influences. It's another thing that we need to do. We need to take ourselves away from people that are bad influences. Okay. All right. And a bad influence, you know, it, the problem with us Christians is that we think of someone as, that is a bad influence as someone that's going to, you know, drag me into a, a, a pot smoking house or someone that's going to drag me into some, you know, nefarious thing, or, you know, some gang of thieves, den of thieves or something like that. But you can have someone here that is just influencing your thinking. All right? That is always pouring cold water on your belief in God. Or every time you get blessed with something that is indeed miraculous, you ever have people in your life when you're telling them, sharing with them, a miraculous thing that happened in your life? And they turn around and say, oh, well, that was just coincidence. Oh, that could have been so-and-so. That was so-and-so. That was so-and-so. You know? You may hear that one time. I hear that two or three times from somebody. Bye. I'm going to distance myself from them, okay? Because as you think, so you are. I'm not going to let that kind, of, that kind of unbelief in God start spilling over and start falling into me, okay? Because when you walk away, you know, and you go into your car or something like that, huh, maybe that was just a coincidence. Huh, maybe that could have always happened because of so-and-so, you see? And so you wind up believing that, all right? So, so get those kind of people away from you. And the other thing is, um, in Romans 12, 2, we won't go there right now, it says, do not be conformed to this world, all right? And you have to have a renewing of your mind. Renewing the mind is an ongoing process. Every day we need to take time to study the Word so we can purposefully um, think according to what it says. We can't keep one or two junky areas in our thought life because it just keeps us from the best God has for us. If you've got a junky area in your thought life, you've got to take it out because it'll wind up growing on you. It'll wind up growing. The third point is in 1 Peter 1, 13 to 16, and you can go there on your own. We won't go there right now. Where it says, gird up. All right, maybe we will. Just, this will be the last scripture. Go to, go to 1 Peter. Peter 1, 13 and 16. Then we're going to close. Verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Christ Jesus, as obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as we which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be you holy, for I am holy. Alright? So verse number 14 there, As obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lusts in your, in your ignorance. Gird up the loins of your mind. You are probably thinking, what does that mean? It's basically saying we need to get all the junk in our mind out of our way so we can keep running our race in Christ Jesus and, and have the victory God wants us to have. Then we are ready for action to follow God's plans for our life. Amen? Amen? So in, in summary here, you can also use a concordance to find some verses that cover areas uh, you are struggling with or need to know more about. 
I want to encourage you to write some of them down and put them in places where you will see them every day, like the bathroom mirror or refrigerator. One of the greatest things that I've found you could use is the, uh, those little yellow post-its. I mean, I have them all over the place. Find some scriptures. You're struggling with something in your life. Put down that thing that you're struggling with and have the scriptures that counter what that thing is that you're, you're, you're uh, struggling with. That is one way to start the process of renewing your mind. This isn't something that happens overnight necessarily, but there can be a starting point. You're in a battle. Just don't forget that you are in a battle. And, and that this is no small thing that you're dealing with. You're in a battle. What you're thinking about is indeed um, uh, uh, impacting your, 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 uh, your thinking. And if it's impacting your thinking in a negative way, then that result is in a negative, um, is a negative way that you're leading your life, living your life. Amen. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let's honor God with our tithes and offerings.